We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make like a good manager or something. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I'm your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and this is another episode of the 206 Geek. This is episode 107, and uh, you know, it's, it's, excuse me, I have to move the microphone. Um, I should have done that before I hit record, but you know, things happen. And, uh, you know, I just looking through my Feedly list and I was looking at things that I could talk about and, um, a couple things, um, just found out a day or two ago that, uh, Supergirl on the CW is, is ending after this next season or after this current season. I, you know what? We'll have to look at the article that I have pulled up here about that. I was kind of bummed because I knew I knew that Arrow was ending, and I heard rumors that this was going to be the final season for the uh, the uh, Legends of Tomorrow. But then I hear, like I said just a couple of days ago, that Supergirl is now going away, and I think I think it has a lot to do with uh, the uh, the fact of. Uh, uh, the pandemic causing trouble with with production, and you know they already have other shows in production or have mostly finished production, so maybe that's why. I don't know. I think it's I think it's lame that they're getting rid of that show. I just hope I hope that they don't do do that to any more um, any more uh, CW verse shows. Let's see. Let's let's go ahead and open that story here. The story is uh, Supergirl cast reacts to final season announcement. So let's take a look at that. Click on that link, and uh, it says this is this was reported on ComicBook.com, and it says here when the CW Supergirl returns sometime in 2021, it will mark the beginning of the end for the Arrowverse series. On Tuesday, the network announced that Supergirl's upcoming sixth season will be its last, consisting of 20 episodes production on which is set to begin later this month. While fans of the series are were understandably crushed by the news, and that goes without saying, honestly, the series stars also begin talk, uh, taking to social media to share their thoughts about the series end. Each one expressing gratitude, excitement for the final season, and even a bit of humor too. It sounds like to me it sounds like they're they're glad. <laughs> it sounds like they're they're like, alright, cool. Let's move let's move on to other things. I'm I'm done wearing the tights. I'm done with this comic book dialogue. That's that's what that sounds like to me. Although that could be completely wrong, um, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. Um, 
see here. Um, let's see. One of the first, the, one of the first to open up about the news was series star Melissa Benoist. The the Cara Zor-El Supergirl actress took to Instagram with her heartfelt message to fans, sharing how playing the character had changed and inspired her. Quote, to say it's been an honor to portraying this iconic character would be a massive understatement. Seeing the incredible impact the show has had on young girls around the world has always left me uh, humble and speechless. She wrote, quote, uh, she's had an impact on me, too. She's taught me strength I didn't know I had to find hope in the darkest of places and that we we are stronger when we're united. What she stands for pushes all of us to be better. She has changed my life for the better, and I'm forever grateful. Well, that's nice. That's nice of her to say that. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's awesome. Let's see here. Other cast members who shared their thoughts, including... Julie Gon- uh, Gonzalo, David Harewood, Jesse Rath, and John Cryer. Read on, read on for their reactions to Supergirl's final season announcement below. And the sixth season of Supergirl will debut on CW in 2021. Julie says, although I'm sad, I'm beyond grateful to have been involved with this wonderful show. I've met beautiful people and I'm fortunate enough to to call friends. It will all be missed. Let's make this last season the best one yet. Hashtag Supergirl. And Jesse Rath says... As you've probably heard, the sixth season of Supergirl CW at CW uh, Supergirl CW will officially be our last. Getting to work on this show and play that this character has been nothing short of a dream come true. I'm extremely proud of the show and the work we've done and with what we've been able to accomplish together. We've got 20 episodes to, to the end on our own terms and I'm more excited than ever to get back to work and give you all an amazing final season thank you for all to all of our loyal fans for your love and support we all live we all live on in the big brain (laughs) he plays Brainiac Brainiac 5 or Brainy David Harewood, who has this to say, What a ride. It's been a pleasure bringing The Martian to life these past six years. 
Thank you to everyone who supported. And thank you to all the fabulous actors, artists, and writers and directors who have, have passed through our through show over the years. Time to suit up one last time. Yeah. John Cryer then replies to Melissa Benoist's tweet saying, I like to think I've had a similar effect on angry bald guys. <laughs> That's great. All right. <laughs> oh, John, you're funny. This next story kind of ties in with that. Supergirl's end makes Superman and Lois's even more important to the Arrowverse. So, I'm hoping, at least I am anyway, I'm hoping that, that, um, that, uh, Superman, uh, Lois and Superman is going to, to have some carryover people. Some people who are on Supergirl, I would like to see them kind of, it, at the very least, I like to see them make appearances, you know, have them be not maybe a regular character, but at least a reoccurring, you know, secondary character that shows up, you know, several times during a season. And if they if they if they do well enough that they, they end up becoming a, a regular part of the show, that'd be awesome. Ah, sorry. You know, what? I want to move this. I got this. I put this pop filter on here and it doesn't seem to be really helping much. Let me adjust the microphone too. Sorry, this is making a lot of noise. There. I think. Okay. Well, shit. Anyways, let's do this. It's just trying to make things... My microphone was starting to kind of fall away from me, so I was trying to adjust it so I didn't do that anymore. Anyhow, this is what it says here. Superman and Lois is set to debut on the CW spring of 2021. Was already pretty was already a pretty important show. The first time Clark Kent has headlined his own live action series in Smallville. The series also is most significant outing for the actual hero at the hero identity Superman since Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman in the nineties coming on to head the arrow conclusion in crisis on infinite earths. It also feels like the first major part that would turn into a phase two for the Arrowverse, something fans and producers have been talking about for some time giving the co continued success of the franchise but the age of the show but the age of the shows themselves it is it's also since the wonder woman series starring uh it's also since the wonder woman series starring adrian uh Palliet Palecki failed to launch in 2011, the first time fans have had any chance at a long-running series 
featuring one of DC's trinity of marquee heroes, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Sure, Superman has appeared in Supergirl uh, sporadically, and Batman uh, seeps into basically everything DC makes. But this is different. So even before Supergirl's end was announced earlier today, Superman and Lois was a huge deal. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now with now with what appears to be a character uh, uh, delineation between Phase One and Phase Two, and no other super stories coming to the the audience week in and week out, the show feels more integral to the Arrowverse. I don't know. This is starting to sound like um, it's starting to sound like um. Now that they have Superman, they don't need Supergirl, and that to me is 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 um, it's disappointing to be honest. Um, you know, it, 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 there there may be more to it than that, and it may be that um, the people behind Supergirl are are looking to, you know, to do other things. But it also feels like like okay, we're bringing Superman back to TV. We don't need to have two per. We don't need to have two um, Kryptonian TV shows on the network. So let's go ahead and uh, end the one that's been around longer and give this new one an opportunity to, to grow and become as popular as the one that we're replacing. And um, I don't know. I just this this uh, I don't know. It just. There's a little bit more to this story, but I'm at this point I'm kind of just I'm not really interested in reading more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm kind of bummed. I'm I'm more as I'm reading this, I'm I'm becoming more um, kind of mad that they're ending Supergirl only to replace it with Superman. They don't. Oh man, this just no. All right, so let's move on to the next story here. And I know, you know what? I know I haven't said what stories I'm talking about because I have a bunch here, and I don't know if I'm going to get through them all. That's the only reason why I didn't say these are the these are the stories I'm going to be talking about today. Know that all the stories that I have here are pretty damn cool, and um, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, you'll like it. So the next story I'm going to talk about, this is actually the first one I have on the list here. I wanted to talk about it, but because I started talking about Supergirl, I jumped to those stories. Um, so the f- first story I have here was uh, is posted here on Heroic Hollywood. And it says, Zack Snyder shooting new Justice League scenes with main cast. Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, and Ray Fisher all are all expected to be on set. And, uh, you know what? I just found out the other day, I've been saying her name incorrectly, largely because that's how I've heard it in interviews and stuff. And when me people announce her and stuff and I, and I Googled it to see if how they're saying it, how I've been saying it is incorrect. And, it turns out, yes, it's been it, I've been saying it correct. It's uh, it is Gal, it is Gadot, Gadot, 
not, it's not Godot. It's not French. It's, it's she's Israeli, and it is pronounced Gadot. So, um, this is what it says here. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just kind of got went on a little a little tangent there about her name. I didn't need to. And uh, so let's see here. Zack Snyder is bringing some of the Justice League together to film new scenes, according to uh, to the Hollywood Reporter. Zack Snyder will be bring uh, will bring the the some of the will be bring uh, will bring some of the cast of Justice League back together in October for reshoots. At Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, and Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill and Ray Fisher are all expected to return to finish up the Snyder Cut and make it a coherent miniseries. Snyder's reshoots are expected to last a week, so I wouldn't expect it to impact the end of... I I wouldn't expect it to impact the end product as much. So, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that it's it's not really going to screw with the movie too much as far as what he intended to show us. Um and it and it's not going to prolong the the uh the release of the mini series. I'm glad they're calling it a mini series cuz as I talked about in previous episodes, uh they announced that it's going to be four one-hour you know pieces that and I guess that would be episodes now. And I'm excited to see it. I really cannot wait. And it's supposed to be out like January or February of next year. So I guess we'll see. Am I being really loud? I'm looking over at the EQ on my recording thing and it keeps spiking a little bit. If I'm being really loud, I'm sorry. Let me adjust some volumes here. And uh, because I... (laughs) Before I started recording, I started hearing a hum, and I can kind of still hear it, so I was turning volumes down, so I wasn't... Then I look over and I see that the thing is is peaking on the EQ, so uh, I apologize for for it being for me being loud, and if you can hear that hum as well. Um, let's see here. According to... I already read that. Fisher has recently been in a very public quarrel with Warner Brothers over misconduct on the set of Joss Whedon's reshoot of the film. So his name is definitely a surprising addition. The actor is also in in negotiations to reprise his role for the standalone Flash film, and hopefully this means they can work it out. Yeah, you know, that's... It's surprising that that uh, that uh, all that stuff happened. I mean, I've, I've, I think I've read part of. I don't know if I read the whole thing. I'm pretty sure I read a lot of what was said. Uh, basically, uh, Ray Fisher was saying that um, that uh, Joss Whedon was kind of a tyrant on on set and uh, was kind of hard to work with. And uh, yeah, he, he, lots of you know. People being mistreated and talked down to, and just general him being a dick, it sounds like. So, um, 
I don't really feel bad for not liking his shows anymore, <laughs> to be honest. I used to feel bad for not liking Buffy the Vampire Slayer or uh, Firefly. But now that you know this guy's a, a bit of a prick, I'm not at all like upset that or, or sad or whatever uh, that I don't like the shows as much as my friends. And I used to get people going, dude, why don't you like that show? I was like, um, I don't know. I just... I think with, with, with Buffy, it was the fact that it was a different cast of people was the initial problem I had, that they couldn't get the people from the movie to, to be on TV, even though those actors were all on television shows at one point. And um, then I, I just, I don't know, there was something about the the story. It seemed, it seemed dumbed down from the movie. And then... Um, just I don't know maybe I don't know I just I just didn't like it I didn't care for it and uh, I think one of the other things I used to say was that um, I didn't like how the vampires died in the show is one of the things I used to tell people because they would go <laughs> and they would just kind of sorry I didn't mean to pop the mic like that um, and they just kind of like it was like a fart and then they disappeared you know it was just like this puff of air dust and whatever else and just they would disintegrate and f disappear and at the time that that movie came or the, that show had come out we've already had like movies like blade and and some other vampire films where when they got someone got staked in the heart uh they would descend they would like well, at least in blade anyway they would turn into like um like hot coals, you know, when you've, when you've had a log on the fire for a long time and it's just like, just the, the last bit of the log is just all like glowing coal and, uh, you know, and then just kind of just, and then it just kind of falls apart cause it's, it's down to basically nothing. And I thought that looked cool as far as, um, the way vampires would go. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to go on this little tirade about fucking Joss Whedon and his, and his TV shows that I didn't care for. And a lot of people are like, dude, what the fuck? Although right now I think with everybody knowing the kind of person he is, they're probably thinking, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> um, this says, and the next story I have here is a show called Truth Seekers from Simon Pegg and Nick Frost gets a trailer on Amazon and an Amazon release date. I watched that trailer earlier. I did that. No, I actually didn't watch the trailer today. I did see that uh, I was going to watch. I was going to watch it thinking it was already out, but it was like, no, it's not out until like, I think it's like October 30th. Let's see. Does it have the release date here? I remember looking it up on, on Amazon. Let's see. Where is... There's not... There doesn't appear to be... Oh, here it is. Uh, yeah, I was right. All right, so I'll read this. It says it right there in the middle of the, of the paragraph. Uh, Amazon Prime Video has released a full trailer for the, their new comedy series, Truth Seeker, starring Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. And announced... The, the show's premiere date, 
The eight-episode series will arrive on the streaming platform on Friday, October 30th, just in time for Halloween. Join, joining Frost and Peg in a cast for the series are co-stars um, Samson Kayo, Emma Darcy, Susan Wakama, and legendary actor Malcolm McDowell in the series. A team of part-time paranormal um Paranormal investigators team up to uncover and film ghostly sightings across the UK, sharing their hair-raising adventures online for the world to see. You can uh, you can watch the fresh full trailer in the player below. This is on on um, on comicbook.com. I've been getting a lot of stories from them lately, and I think it's because they're on top of it and they they. Another reason why I get it from them more than anything else is because they don't, they don't have, you know, seventy five percent advertisements and then twenty five percent story on their website, which is great. Um, and I understand having advertisements and needing needing to have advertisements on your on your site and on your podcast and whatever, but don't have so much that it's like too much. That being said, this podcast has three different advertisers right now. And, uh, and I, I tried to space them out so you're not like, they're not on top of each other. Um, although if you prefer them to be like all together instead of spaced out, let me know and I will, I can change that. Um, you can go ahead and, uh, uh, hit me up on social media at 206 geek. I'm on Facebook and Twitter, you know, shoot me a message and, uh, tell me, Hey, Yes. Let's go ahead and put all those adverts together instead of having them in different spots. I have one at the beginning, one in the middle, and one and one towards the end. So that's kind of how I set it up with those. Um, and uh, you know what? And I, I I went ahead and put all three of them up because they both, all three of them came to me saying, "Hey, we want to sponsor your podcast." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And then we're then they're like, "It's it's 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 uh." charity ads so you're not going to get paid for it i'm like okay what is it then and each one of them is is basically about the importance of voting and i definitely agree that everyone should vote and uh you know one of the ads is is like education on how to vote and where you can go to vote and stuff like that and then there's some other ones that are just talking about the importance of voting and and i can't I can't, you know, I can't disagree with that. So it's just, you know, especially if you're living here in the States right now, this year has been terrible. And uh, I think that uh, things things could be marginally, could feel marginally better knowing we have um, different leaders coming into office this November or starting this November. Um Actually, technically, they don't even come into office until like the like January or February of next year. But knowing we will have different leadership would be great. Something to look forward to, because um, I'm definitely one of those people that feel like we've we've. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into politics. I'm not a polit. I'm not a political guy. I I just know that um, the current leadership is not doesn't speak for me so and uh they don't 
Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on to the next story here. Um, or continue with this story, rather. It says here, a supernatural comedy, the, the, the official description for Truth Seekers notes, as they stake out haunted churches, underground bunkers, and abandoned hospitals with their array of homemade ghost-detecting gizmos, their supernatural experiences grow more frequent, more terrifying, and even deadly as they begin to uncover a conspiracy that would bring about Armageddon for the entire human race. Wow, this is starting to sound like Ghostbusters too. <laughs> I'm going to watch it, though, because I like Simon Pegg and, 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 uh, and uh, Nick Frost. Those guys are hilarious. Um, the last thing I saw them in was, uh, was Paul, and that's a great movie. Love that movie. <laughs> It says here, Frost stars as Gus in the series, the lead member of the titular Truth Seekers, with Peg appearing as Dave, Frost's boss at his day job. Uh, Samson K.O. stars as Elton, Gus's new co-worker, who is unwillingly brought into the world of the paranormal with Emma Darcy as Astrid. And Susan Wakoma as Helen Malcolm McDowell, Malcolm McDowell stars as Gus's father, Richard. The series is co-written by Peg Frost, Nat Saunders, and uh, James Serafinowicz, who executive produced alongside Miles Ketley and Jim Field Smith. Jim Field Smith, even. I can read, I promise. Who else? who also serves as director. This actually sounds pretty cool. Let me, uh, maybe turn the mic up so you can hear the audio. Actually, here, I might have to click on that. There we go. Gus Roberts, you are my number one installer. And who better to train up more Gus Robertses than Gus Roberts himself? The last thing I need is some clueless millennial mouth breather guttering up my van. Elton, I really should have asked you to wait outside. We need to fix your program. Experience. This is my YouTube channel. Most haunted institute of the criminally insane. So, I don't want anything to do with ghosts ever again. Oh, I think I'm being chased by ghosts. I saw a small green ghost. Can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> Something is not right. We need to find out. <laughs> This poor guy Elton has this look of what the fuck is going on? Welcome, Truth Seekers. What an old ham. How long is this boring bastard gonna be waffling on? Dad, everyone can hear you, you know. Russians, the Chinese, they're watching me. I'm not scared of him. 
last on the incantation um, should take not more than one sip of tepid urine before the ritual begins. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right, that looks good. That looks hilarious. All right. <laughs> All right. The next story I have here, also from ComicBook.com, Static Shock fans celebrate 20th anniversary. Has it really been 20 years? I didn't think that show was. I guess, you know, I guess it, yeah, no, it was started in 2000. Okay, yeah. Shit. God, I feel old. I mean, I, did, I already felt old because I'm now 49. You know, I had my birthday last week. So, or earlier this week, rather. So, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yeah, sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. Just had to. I had to. Um, let's see here. Static Shock fans are celebrating the show's debut on Kids WB 20 years ago. Dwayne McDuffie's official page on Twitter shared the opening and the flood of fan tributes started pouring in. If you love anything Milestone Media, I would encourage you to do, to donate to the Dwayne Duffy Fund right here. And it has a link. Uh, the link on the be on the on this article, and as always, if you listen to my podcast long enough, you'll know that I post all the links to the stories that I've um, been talking about on the on notes two dot com, and that will take you to where you see the show notes for each episode, and um, the links basically to everything that I've talked about. Let's see here. You know what? I will go ahead and share the link to the to the fundraise the GoFundMe for the Dwayne Duffy Fund. I'll share that right now. I'll share it directly to Facebook. So you won't have to look for it in the show notes. Cause you know that makes more sense than hey, go digging through all these links to find this one thing. <laughs> Alrighty, shared that on Facebook. Here we go, and it says here, da, 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 da. to to honor the work of of a legend. During the show's time on the Kids WB, it broke a lot of records and provided some much-needed representation during the heyday of the DC animated universe. For years, people have been clamoring for a live-action treatment of Static, and with the discussion at DC Fandom this year, it looks like that day could be coming sooner than fans thought. Says... Comicbook.com's Jamie Lovett talked 
about the announcement of a possible static movie during the DC fandoms DC fandom this year. He began today during the surprise milestone comics panel at DC fandom. Uh, Reginald Hudlin confirmed that there are talks taking place about the, uh, about developing a movie around the milestone character static the character previously featured in the animated series Static Shock is uh, is one of the characters from Milestone's Dakotaverse. Static is a teenager with electric electricity-based powers. Quote, The news that these talks are taking place comes at the same time that DC Comics announced plans to digitize the long out-of-print original Milestone comics and relaunch the line in February of 2021. Lovett continued, Static was created by Milestone Comics founder Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, Denny's Cowan, Michael Davis, and Derek T. Dingle. That's an unfortunate last name, Dingle. Ah, it's not. You know, I shouldn't say that. It's 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 just yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> All right. So moving on. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I feel I feel like a like a the uh, Hagrid. From Harry Potter. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Um, Cowan appeared in the panel along with Hudlin, Static's voice actor Phil Lamar, and moderator Mark Bernard Mark Bernardin. Mark Bernardin, by the way, is a co-host for the Fat Man Beyond podcast, which is a podcast with Mark Bernardin and Kevin Smith. Uh, it's one of the podcasts I like listening to. I don't listen to it a lot. Um, but I do tune in from time to time and, uh, it largely because I listen to another one of Kevin's podcasts and they usually talk a lot of the same topics. So it's like, okay, I get to hear him talk about this again. (laughs) Although it's, it's good to listen to Fat Man Beyond because Bernardin has some really cool ideas for things. And Kevin's usually like, you should do that. You should make that, do that, make that thing. And um, anyways, back to the, back to the podcast here. Uh, a new Static Shock digital series will be part of February Milestone comic relaunch. The digital series will be followed by the an original Static Shock graphic novel by Hudlin and Kyle Baker, and the return of Static's fellow Milestone heroes, Icon and Rocket, written by Hudlin and drawn by Cowan. He added. That is awesome. You know, I I I have some of the Static Shock comics and I have not read them. I started to but then ADD kicked in and like, you know, ooh shiny, squirrel, all that. Um I really should go back and read them. 
because I've I've watched the the animated series and I really like the animated series. It was one of the reasons why I got DC Universe was to be able to watch that series again. And uh, if you haven't watched it and you have and you don't have uh, DC Universe, um, you can get it. I mean, it's like seven dollars a month. You can probably watch the entire series and in uh in one month's time if you don't have a lot of time if you have lo- plenty of time on your hands anyway anyways um let's see here next story to talk about I, I really like the show I, I was kind of bummed I discovered the show like towards the end of its run I literally like found it like a year after it was over Actually, that's more than the near the end of its run. It's like after its run. So, let's see here. How Disney Parks may have actually kept us from getting National Treasure 3 with Nicolas Cage. Let's take a look at that story. With the National Treasure movies, Disney dug up some serious gold at the box office and on home video. So why did Nicolas Cage stop with those with these action-packed heists? I mean, there has to be so many more historical remnants for Ben Gates to uncover, right? Early this year, it was finally announced that a Third National Treasure was in the works from producer from producer Jerry Bruckheimer and Bad Boys for Life writer Chris Bremer. Bremner. Okay. And the long wait apparently has to do with Disney Parks. Really? Jason Reed, who was the franchise production executive at Disney, admitted he tried to uh he tried his damnedest to get National Treasure 3 off the ground soon after the 2007 second film made the studio an impressive $459 million at the worldwide box office. However, it hit a roadblock due to Disney not being able to capitalize on National Treasure in the ways that Pirates of the Caribbean and Marvel Cinematic Universe um, could and therefore was brushed aside in Reed's words. They never figured out a way to integrate it into the park. Parks, plural. It never caught on, even though there were a lot of consumer products and never caught on as an independent franchise that makes the numbers look different. It makes it harder to make a company like Disney focus on resources on something when they can go make Toy Story or buy a cruise ship. If the company itself had really uh, had been really excited about moving forward with it and thought they could blow it out, we would have found a way to make it make the deal. Yeah, that's well, okay. Think about that for a second. The reason why they didn't make a third movie is because they couldn't find 
a way to integrate that storyline into the park. Now, if it was me, you know, I would have... I would have done something along the lines of, you know how they have, like, the hidden Mickey ears in, in everywhere in the, in the park? You know, they... And do something like that. Have, uh, like, just randomly have, like, things that were part of the first two movies just kind of, like, hiding in plain sight, you know? So... I mean, that's what I would do, you know, have like the, the, the Declaration of Independence just chilling right there in like the design of, you know, the front of a building or, you know, and, 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 and have it be in a place where you wouldn't expect to see it kind of thing, you know, like have it be at the beginning of, of a ride that has nothing to do with the, the Declaration of Independence <laughs> or, uh, you know, they they have uh they have plenty of rides that they could, you know, like the Jungle Cruise. Well, no, they're making a movie out of that, so they can't really repurpose that ride, right? I don't know. Maybe there isn't a way to to integrate it into the into the, without like completely removing and reinstalling something new, like they did with the, the Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Jason Reed discusses the struggle to continue. National Treasure during the interview with Collider, it's true that Disney Disney's model revolves around a lot more than making movie franchises. The House of Mouse also likes to invest in elements such as toys, theme parks, theme park attractions, and games. The producer believes the ball never rolled in terms of capitalization capitalizing on National Treasure outside the movie its movie money. At least the studio is reporting giving National Treasure 3 another chance now. Well, yeah, now that they're done with the MCU for the most part, they're not going forward with that for a while. Okay. And it says here... Following the success for Bad Rewind, playback. Following the success of Bad Boys for Life, Jerry Bruckheimer announced that he and he and that hit hits screenwriter Chris Bremner were developing the third movie for the studio with the original cast, and in spring, Bruckheimer also said that there is going to be a Disney Plus TV show about the franchise centered around a younger cast. I think I talked about that. Now, it's worth mentioning that uh, Chris Bremner also writing the fourth Bad Boys movie, and Nicolas Cage is set to play a heightened version of himself in an upcoming movie called uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Okay. Also, National Treasure 3 doesn't have a director attached. So, the threequel isn't coming tomorrow or anything, but there's much more traction for the project now, which is which was initially announced shortly after Book of Secrets 
was was um, which was initially announced shortly after Book of Secrets came out over ten years ago. Wow. Well, okay. In terms of Disney, in terms of Disney parks. Be, All right, let me try that again. In terms of Disney parks being in the way, there are cer- there certainly seems like there could be could have been a way for National Treasure the theme parks the theme parks do have an entire section dedicated to American history, such as uh, Liberty Square in Magic Kingdom and the American Pavilion in, in Epcot's World Showcase. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, that seems to be like there was just an excuse to me. Okay, I think it's the end of that story. All right, moving on. Okay. And next story I have here is Indiana Jones writer explains why it was the right time to leave the franchise behind. Um, what? Okay, let's take a look and see what it has to say. The upcoming Indiana Jones 5 will notably be notable will be notable as the first entry in the series that won't see Steven Spielberg at the helm with writer of Indiana Jones and the and the Crystal Skull David Cope also officially parting ways with the franchise detailing that James Mangold being announced as the new director marked the best time to transition to transition away from the project to allow the new creatives to take storytelling the storytelling reins. God, I'm having trouble today, folks. The filmmaker detailed that uh, his decision wasn't at at all driven by any sort of negativity, but that he wanted to allow Mangold to tell the story he wants to tell without any influence from the former regime. Hmm, okay. Quote, I tried a couple different versions with Stevens, and they all had some good stuff about them. And they all had some stuff that didn't work. Which happens. Co-op, uh, excuse me, co-op? I think it's co-op. K-O-E-P-P. Um, shared with Den of Geek. Quote, but it was just very hard to have everybody come together and have all the elements. Stephen Harrison, the script, and Disney come together at once, and it didn't. The new the new film was confirmed back in 2016 with co-op attached, though uh, though Jonathan Kasdan, whose father Lawrence Kasdan, 
wrote the Raiders of the Lost Ark took over as the as writer in 2018, only for Coep to return to the project in 2019 with news of Spielberg parting ways from the project emerging back in February. And with the coronavirus pandemic thwarting the development of virtually every movie and TV show, fans have still been left to guess about how the new film from Mangold will move forward. Quote, when James Mangold came in and Steven stepped out, that was pretty, a pretty logical breaking point. The, film, the filmmakers pointed out, it's a gracious time to step out of the step out the door because I think the last thing a new director wants is the old director's writer. I mean, that's a drag. The last thing you need is some guy sitting around with his arms folded saying, "Well, the way Stephen would have done it is I had once nicely I I mm, I had a one, one, I had one nice, friendly conversation with him, and then I'm sure he wanted to be able to move on anyway. Everyone was pretty polite, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think with the way things are going, we're not going to see an Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. <laughs> Personally, I think that um, they've they waited too long to do another movie. Um, I know a lot of people dislike the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There are parts that I thought could have been better, but I I did I did enjoy the movie. So, all right, let's go on to this last story here. And I think I'm gonna. I think I might end this a little early today, because uh, I did pull out a couple. I, I did pull out a couple stories that I had bookmarked, but I think it was because they were duplicate stories from different source. Uh, but this here is Shazam. The director reveals casting change made due to test audiences. I don't know. That movie was pretty awesome. So maybe I don't know. We'll see what it says here. Never let it be. Never let it be said that director David S. Sandberg, F. Sandberg, does doesn't pull the curtain back on his film. Since the release of Shazam last year, he's been revealing details about the production and how they were forced to adapt to unseen circumstances on set and and in the edit. The latest of these comes from a fan on Twitter who inspired, uh, who inquired even, who inquired about the actor John Glover appealing as the young, older version of Mr. S uh, Savannah. John Glover appearing as the young and older versions of Mr. Savannah. To their credit, it's a little funny to see. There's a little, there's a little no. Uh, I'm really having trouble with this today. I don't know why. Uh, 
to their credit, it's a little funny to see there's a little noticeable difference between how he appears in the 1970s and then the 1920, or excuse me, 19, nine, ah, damn it. The, <laughs> between, uh, a little difference between how he appears in 1970s and then nine, uh, 2019. Wow, I was having trouble saying 2019 there. I kept saying 19-something. But anyways. <laughs> but there was a big reason for it, though. It was confusing to audiences. We originally cast different actors for young and old, but test audiences didn't get that they were the same person. It was actually... it. It can actually be a problem even if you have the same actor with different hairstyles or something. Make sure your characters have really distinct features. Okay. He, do, he does... Really, the only difference between... And they're, they're showing a photo here of the character supposedly in 1974 and then the character in 2019. The The big difference is that um, the 2019 has gray hair. That's the difference. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think I'm going to end here, folks. I'm... I, I think part of my problem is I'm 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 super ADD right now. I'm being I'm being distracted very easily, and I'm and I'm losing my place when I'm reading. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and just end it here. There's more to this particular story, so if you want to read the rest yourselves, uh, as always, the links will be on the show notes. We can you can see that at notes.206geek.com. And uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of my podcast. And uh, be sure to um, follow and like on, on social media at 206Geek on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, if you're on, on an Apple device, please give a rating and review. And if you're not on an Apple device and you want to give a rating and review, you can also go to Podchaser. Uh, which you, if you go to podchaser.206geek.com, it takes you right to the profile for the podcast where you can you can like like and review and all that kind of stuff. Give it, you know what? I say if you if you enjoy the podcast, give it a five star rating and then write down what you like about the podcast. That'd be great. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for for tuning into another episode, and I will talk to you guys next week. Also, um, if I haven't told you guys yet, and I should have, but I, it's possible I forgot. I'm kind of scatterbrained right now. But what I wanted to say was, is I'm also working on another podcast with my cousin Marianne called "It's Not About You" with Jamal and Marianne. And uh, it, you, if you want to check it out. Um, just search for It's Not About You with Jamal and Marianne and it should come up on your podcasting app. But if it doesn't come up, um, 
you can go to um, notaboutupod.com. That's the letter U. So notaboutthelettereupod.com, and that will take you to where you can listen, um, which is basically Spotify. So, um, and uh, there uh, we've we just posted our fourth episode of that podcast um, last Tuesday, and uh, they new episodes for that show post every Tuesday. And uh, if you want to check it out when we're recording, we, we record it on Get Vocal. And uh, if you go to getvocal.com, that's G-E-T-V-O-K-L.com slash channel slash not about you pod. Same spelling as before. So not about you, the letter U, pod. And uh, on Sundays, we record. So if you subscribe to the channel over on Get Vocal, you'll get notifications when we go live and record. And, uh, you know, it'd be cool to see some people in there listening and watching because uh, this next week when we record this this coming Sunday, um, I'm pretty sure we're going to be... The plan is we're still going to record on Sunday, even though everybody's in different locations. Uh, that's one of the things I like about Get Vocal is you don't have to be in the same room to record. And... Um, Marianne will be in Vegas visiting family, and and uh, Jamal is still in New York, and then I'll be at home recording instead of at her house, and it uh, should be fun. So it's not about you with Jamal and Marianne is the name of the podcast. Just do a search for it. You should be able to find it. It's a, it's it's available on 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 all popular podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, Google. So take care. Talk to you guys next week. And now is the part of the show where I like to thank those who support the podcast. And if you also want to become a podcast supporter, you can go to support.206geek.com. Thank you, Leanne P., for your support. There are a couple of different ways you can support the podcast. One is by rating and reviewing the podcast by going to rate.206geek.com. The other way you can help the podcast is by going to support.206geek.com and become a podcast supporter. If you support the podcast in that way, you will get a shout out on every episode.